Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, Eagles fans. Appreciate you streaming in and streaming in early here on Birds 365. And that's a smart thing on your part because we've only got the services of John McMullen for one hour. He's got to tell it, get on over to South Philadelphia for that all-intensive Eagles Friday practice. Right, Johnny Mac? Yeah, man. Hour, hour, hour and five minutes. Very intense. Much like Emmanuel Forbes' is tackling. Very intense. Hour and five minutes. I'll take the under. Thank you very much uh, for just uh, for, for wagering purposes. Speaking of wagering purposes, Eagles a four and a half point choice and an over under of 49 and a half. And Johnny Mack with no Phillies to watch last night. And yeah, I had the, the Bears and the uh, commanders on in the background. How about Justin Fields hanging a sport 40 spot on the commanders? I, I was Ooh. kind of excited by the Eagles offense last week. And they needed overtime and didn't get to 40 points against that commander defense. So maybe the commander defense isn't as good as we thought. Uh, they were either coming in here to Philadelphia or going out of Chicago with a loss. Yeah. Stop that. Matt Eberflus needs to be fired conversation. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation that uh, Matt Eberflus would be fired uh, on the short week after they lost that game. 
Um, and they didn't lose it. And now it's Ron Rivera coming out, especially if you think about not going for the two-point conversion here in Philadelphia. And then, you know, they're at home on a short week against a team that's lost 14 consecutive games. And bang, they're down 27-3. to Just don't look prepared. Now he's on the hot seat and people are calling for his job. It's, man, this move, this league moves quickly. Uh, it very, does. very quickly. But I'll tell you, the only one who moves quicker than the league is the fans. Because, yeah, I'm I'm fielding calls last week about Eberflus. You need to be fired. Uh, Josh McDaniels, get him out of here now. I don't want to see another Josh McDaniels coach game. The NFL just doesn't do that. No. Nobody well, gets there's fired no used to four it. games. Yeah. And there's no good. Anybody who gets fired in season, it's just putting lipstick on a pig. It's, right. You're not doing anything. You're not making any giant change. It's just to try to, and it's what bad organizations do to satiate upset fan bases. It it, it accomplishes nothing, nothing. You can't, you can't make that kind of move in season. But look, the Bears have been a bad organization. Washington has been a bad organization. So they're two of the teams that might do that. And and then you add in that Josh Harris is now running things in Washington. He probably wants his own guy anyway. Um, so, yeah, I I don't think Ron should be fired, but I think he will be fired after the season anyway be, for that reason. Um, yeah, um, it's ugly. Because, I mean, that, that team has been a disaster, we know. And now they're selling out games because people are excited again because Daniel Snyder's out of it. And you lay that kind of egg. Ooh, that's bad. That's a um, bad look. You are so right about it. And I tried to explain that to the fans who were uh, calling for coaches' heads after four games. You're only going to elevate someone from the staff. You're not going to hire someone from outside. So it's someone on the staff who's as equally inept that, that he's part of the 0 and 4, 1 and 3, whatever it is. There's no magic wand you can. You could go Jim Irsay and go Jeff Saturday, but yeah, usually you're just going to elevate somebody from the staff. Had that go for the Colts last year? Saturday (laughs) took over. Uh, Not happening. So uh, yeah, if you're a fan of a bad team, you're going to be sticking with the coach for a while. He'd be gone before next year. I'll give you that. But if you think it's going to happen here in the beginning or the middle of October, the NFL just doesn't operate that way. And be thankful. That's something we are surely not talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles because their coaching staff has been good. Nick Sirianni has been very good. But the other two guys who came in new this year will both be put to the test a little bit against the Rams this week. Um, John heading out to L.A. where the Rams, again, uh, doing some stat crunching uh, last night. They're a middle-of-the-road team. Points for, points against. They rack up a lot of passing yards. Matthew Stafford throws the football a lot, um, yeah. but it doesn't get them to the top of the points scored list. Uh, they they have some talented players on the outside. It looks like they're going to get Cooper Cup back. He went full participation yesterday in Rams practice, first time all year long uh, since the regular season started that that's the case. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to have guys to throw, again, throw two against a still banged up Eagle secondary um, Evans full participant and Brown just limited uh, the two safeties both missed the game last week. We assume we're getting Evans back. 
chance are Brown won't be, we won't know until game time? Yeah, there's a chance because, as I said, I've been saying it all week, hamstring injuries with, with fast guys, are you tend to be very cautious with those types of things. So, you know, maybe we get a questionable designation today, and it is a game-time decision. Um, yeah, they need all the bodies they can get. But, you know, this is a concern for me anyway. If Cooper Cup is re- ready to play, um, and he's Cooper Cup because, and I saw a few clips of him. He looks like Cooper Cup out in practice. His footwork is just next level. But um, I mean, he's he's a guy the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL can't deal with. Um, and the Eagles obviously are, are piecemealing it together uh, because of injuries and um, you know lack of performance by by. Uh, Goodrich, uh, more of a natural slot corner, but yeah, that that's one of those that's not a good matchup. And there's a couple of those coming into this week. Sue Opetta against Aaron Donald. Look, Cam Jurgens against Aaron Donald isn't a good matchup. No, anybody against Aaron Donald isn't a good matchup. But the right. Eagles have been able to, and a few times they played them, be be able to persevere and handle them for the most part. You know double team, triple teams at times, but, um, and they'll do the same thing. Um, so there's a couple matchups you don't like, but overall, I mean, there's a bunch of matchups Sean McVay doesn't like. I guarantee you that, uh, they don't have a ton of talent right now and they did what they did, you know, less need famous for F them picks and it worked and they won a super bowl. And I imagine, you know, hey, they'll take it. But now they're paying the price for that. And they got to rebuild this thing. And I think they're still a work in progress. But they have been better than most expected. I will say that. Yeah, I thought they were going to be a pretty bad team. And they are off to a 2-2 and start. And I said, as per the numbers, they're dead middle of the pack. They're like 14th, 15th in points against and 15th against points for so they've been a very average team which is better than they were last year and or most people project them coming into the season and one of the reasons for that is as you mentioned they, they traded off a couple pieces during this offseason they acknowledged all right we're not the 49ers we're not going to be able to beat the 49ers this year maybe f- instead of f them picks we get them picks and they did uh, do a couple trades for future considerations to be better down the road but it's left their defensive backfield kind of light. Why do I get the feeling this is going to be an aerial attack on both sides that Matthew Stafford is going to throw it a lot against a somewhat diminished Eagles defensive backfield. And yes, Jalen Hurts should be able to move the ball through the air against a just undermanned secondary of the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, it's um, you're right. I mean, bunch of no names on that Rams defense uh, other than, really Aaron Donald and they've been a very poor uh past team and so the Eagles let's be honest um now I think part of the Eagles is you know they're generally playing from ahead um again we'll go back to last night's game uh when you're down 27 to 3 you know Washington had some nice passing numbers because they passed it Jody 
55 consecutive I times. Over 50. I didn't know the yeah. exact 55? 55 consecutive times. The largest, I saw the largest uh, in, in many, many years without a designed uh, run play. That's how bad it got. Um, so I think from the Eagles' perspective, there's a little more context to just the poor performance. The Rams are just bad. I mean, if if you look at PFF, 31 of 32 in coverage. The only one worse has been Denver, who gave up, obviously, the 70-point game. Um, the Eagles are 22nd, so, you know, not good. But I think there's a little more context to the Eagles not good. But long-term, I, I don't think it's good, the secondary. I don't think it's good. And that's with Slay and Bradbury. I, I don't think it's a strength of the team right now, to be honest. So, um, but it's better than the Rams. So you should be able to win a shootout type of game against this team. That's what I think uh, on paper, it looks like it's going to become a shootout. Uh, and if the Eagles to keep the Rams from putting up a 30 spot, which still might not be good enough to win the game, they're going to need some pressure. And it looks like, they're going to be missing one of their key pressure guys. Our own Derek Gunn yesterday said and he knows for a fact that Fletcher Cox got the epidural and is out for this upcoming game. The Eagles have not made that announcement yet, but uh, as per D Gunn, and he's got some pretty good relationships, pretty good sources. No Fletcher Cox. Fletcher's had a really nice first four games. Um, PFF is grading him out well. His numbers are okay. You watch the game, you see that he's part of that pressure up the middle. The Eagles' pressure up the middle has been better than it has been from the edge, and Fletcher's been a big part of that. How big a loss is that for the Eagles going into this week? Yeah, he's playing very well, and he's not playing. D-Gun's uh, 100% right. The Eagles weren't even, uh, you know, Jordan Davis talked yesterday. He admitted he wasn't playing. Uh, Milton Williams admitted he wasn't playing. Moro Jomo, uh uh, understands even as a rookie isn't playing. So uh, he's definitely not playing. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I will say that's a position where they're better equipped to handle that type of, of, of loss than some other positions like slot corner. Um, because you do have, you still have Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Milton Williams and Kentavious Street can play a little bit. And maybe a Jomo, maybe we see him for the first time um, as a rookie. Um, that's still pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and But it's not going to be as good as having Fletcher Cox out there, who is, as you mentioned, he's played very well. And I think part of it is because of the depth the Eagles have. He's still playing a lot, you know. 184 reps so far. Um, so he's still playing a lot. And that's that's a significant uh, chunk of uh, uh, playing time you got to make up for. But I, I think Milton Williams is a good player. And you, I think you can just up his reps a little bit, Jalen Carter a little bit. And I know he's excited because everyone has made that uh, comparison to Aaron Donald, which is a little bit unfair, <laughs> as as good as he is. Um, people are skipping steps there, but 
Um, he's a really, really good player, Jalen. And everybody who listens to this show knows how much I, I think Jalen Carter is going to be tremendous. So uh, I, I think the Eagles are going to be fine there because they have such good depth. And maybe this is where it shows up. And you, we, we've been talking about why is Contavious Street here? Well, this is why he's here. Um, if you need him, he's a legit NFL player. This is probably Rashad Penny at running back, too. No, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. If somebody gets hurt, he's going to play, and maybe it's a little bit better, especially for a Super Bowl contender. You know, if this were the L.A. Rams, I would want the young guys, you know. But if you're a Super Bowl contender, I want Contavious Street and and Rashad Penny. Maybe some of Howie's foresight is coming into play and where they are, you know. Uh, because you want that veteran presence. Um, And just like Les Snead did with them picks, you know, if you're in a position, you got to go for it. And the Eagles will be dipping into their depth of defensive tackle this week because Fletcher is definitely out, and Marlon Tui-Pelotu could very well be out, has not practiced yet this week. So they're going to need to lean on the depth that they have. And there's a drop-off. You just hope the drop-off isn't off the end of the table. And, oh, by the way, the guy you mentioned and his running mate, Mr. Davis, on the inside. First three games, the Eagles' defensive tackles, for me, might have been the best in the entire National Football League. They were just stone-cold dominant week in and week out. Last week, not as much. The, 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 the commanders, with what I think of as a marginal middle of their offensive line, kept those guys at bay. So the young dogs have to step up this week. No Fletcher Cox, maybe not Marlon Tui-Pelotu. We need both Davis and Carter to go revert to what they did the first three games, which was dominance. They may need to uh, reachieve that uh, because the Eagles just haven't been great coming off the edge. We'll see if this is a Josh Sweat week. We'll see if this is a Hassan Reddick week. Uh, I think they're going to need that uh, that pressure up the middle again. But they got uh, weeks one through three. He is uh, my buddy, John McMullen, my partner, who's leaving me for the second hour. He is back <laughs> on Monday. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but he's got to get over uh, to a uh, information session in South Philly. Uh, so we got uh, Mark Farzette is going to join us in hour number two, filling in for Johnny Mac. Two good guests coming your way. In hour number two, live from the West Coast, we reach out to Andrew to- Chico from uh, Inside the Birds. And uh, was hoping to get him on like uh, Monday or Tuesday this week. So, Jody, can't do said, But I'd be willing to come on Friday when I'm already on the West Coast. I said, you mean you're going to get up at 630 in the morning for us? He said, yeah, I'm an early riser. I said, hey, yeah. you want to book yourself for Friday? You're in. Done. Not a problem. If you're willing to get up at 630 on the West Coast for us, he's already out there for the uh, weekend game the Eagles will be playing in L.A. So he's going to join us in hour number two. Coming up within the next couple of minutes, we've got our buddy Paul Domwich from uh, 33rdteam.com and jacobsports.com, his uh, outstanding stat pack leading into each and every single game. Let's see what Domo came up after he did all his number crunching. McMullen McDonald, Friday, football Friday, here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. 
go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. The E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles are getting on a big old jet plane tomorrow to fly out to L.A. to take on the Rams. How do they match up? That's one of the reasons why we have Paul Domowicz on, because he understands how to match two teams up before a game gets under play. Uh, and, oh, by the way, going a little conservative on the shirt look. Where, where is the Andy Reid look when you need it? Uh, Domowicz, uh, <laughs> uh, a downplay at Friday? What do you got going there? They're all at the dry cleaners, uh, Jerry. Oh, we're, we, we love that. We love to, to see the Andy Reid shirt. On Paul Domowitz, the T-shirts on Mike Gill. That's two of the biggest draws of this show, Dom. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess your stat package is up on jacobsports.com. Everybody should check that out. You led with the defense, and I think uh, aptly so uh, against this Rams team which has been so effective throwing the football. Um, and, and Matthew Stafford, as I, I like to call him, he's one of those high-volume throwers, and he might be getting Cooper Cup back. And you look at the matchup. Uh, and the most troubling thing you've uncovered to me 
is because of the philosophy the Eagles have, and we talk about it all the time, limit explosive plays, limit explosive plays. And the Eagles went up 28 pass completions of 15 yards or more in the first four games. Only the Chargers and Broncos are worse. That's a concern to me. What What is going on there? Yeah, it's not a good company to keep right now. Uh, if you, you know, I mean, thankfully for them, they're 4-0. So it's a problem you can deal with at least with an unbeaten record. You know, I mean, they're just playing very soft because they don't want to give up the big, big play. Instead, they're giving up the sort of the big play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and that's allowing teams to drive down the field like the, it did in the late in the fourth quarter on uh, – on Sunday when they tied the game to go when Washington tied the game to go into overtime. So, I mean, I mean, 15 yards, 20 yards, there's very little difference. I mean, they need to tighten up that defense. The problem is I'm not sure, um, you know, they've got the manpower in their secondary right now to, uh, to handle that. They're, you know, since losing Avante Maddox, they're kind of like, where do we put Bradbury? Um, how many yeah. safeties do we have guilty this week? So, and as you note from what they've given up so far, and I can see a very similar game plan by the Rams this week, I see deals in a lot of zone. When you're undermanned yeah. and you have guys playing out of position, Bradbury, uh, what's the easiest way to try and cover it? Just play zone and keep the zone soft. Matthew Stafford likes to wing the football, and I give a ton of credit to Sam Howell. I actually kind of feel bad for Sam Howell today. John gave the stat in the first segment. 55 consecutive passes. Damn, I know they were way behind, but that's that's a whole lot of back, dropping back, winging it, and then taking a hit thereafter. Uh, Will Matthew Stafford have the patience to just do what Al did last last week and go, I'll take 10 or 15 every single time? Yeah, I I think so, especially if he gets Cup back. I mean, Cup's the worst thing that could happen to the Eagles because what he does just fits what they can't handle right now, which is, like you said, uh, you know, the, the communications uh, with the zone. I mean, there's just too much, too many spots where he's going to, you know, he's going to end up with about 15 catches on Sunday if he plays, plus the kid from BYU. Uh, yeah. You know, the one thing he's got to do is get it out of there. He can't hold on to it. Uh, you know, you look at the first four games, you look at Howell last week. Um, the key is, you know, I mean, that pass rush is awesome. I mean, there's no, I mean, that's, that's, if anything's going to save the Eagles this season defensively, it's going to be that pass rush. But quarterbacks know that, and defensive coordinators know that. And so the whole key is getting the ball out quickly. No long routes, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of slants, a lot of crosses, uh, a lot of dump-offs. Just get the ball out before you get killed. Yeah, I was kind of mentioning there's a lot of matchups uh, that don't look good on paper for the Eagles here and some high-profile ones that Cup comes back, as you mentioned, in the slot. It's the worst week to lose Cam Jurgens with Aaron Donald there. But I can't help but feel Sean McVay isn't real comfortable in certain situations, and one is at left tackle. Um, Alaric Johnson isn't very good to begin with, and he's out with a hamstring injury, and they moved Joseph Nopeboom to left tackle, and he's not very good. Now he's out. And he hasn't been able to practice. So they might be down to their third left tackle. This might have to be a Josh Sweat game, Damo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or 
they need to get their uh, inside rush to just be so dominant that, uh, you know, uh, Stafford's got nowhere to run and the edge rushers can get a break. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is, this, I mean, I, I, like I said, Stafford needs to get the ball out quickly this week because his protection is not very good. Uh, if I had told you after uh, the final preseason game before game number one, that I'll give you, um, Nicholas Morrow to have the most sacks on the Philadelphia Eagles through four games. Uh, what would you need? A thousand to one, 10,000. Seeing as he wasn't on the roster at the time, mm-hmm. we're sitting at home waiting to see if he could someone else give him a job and put him on the roster immediately before he rejoined the, joined the practice squad. Yeah, nobody saw it. Nicholas Morrow would have taken Josh Sweat at five to two rather than himself at a thousand to one. Who should get credit for Nicholas Morrow doing what he's done to this point? Certainly himself to a, an extent, but the rest of the guys on the line, are they just creating these opportunities? Should it be Sean Desai? Cause he's calling the blitz number and giving him the chance to get to the quarterback. Is it Howie for his ge- brilliant genius status of cutting a guy and then bringing him back to the practice squad who should get credit for the fact that Nicholas Morrow leads his team at sacks. Both. I mean, Morrow and Desai for uh, uh, Sunday. I mean, these weren't your typical, uh, at least two of them weren't your typical sacks. I mean, no. on one, he wasn't, re- he wasn't really rushing. I mean, Stafford was flushed out of the pocket to the right, and Morrow was kind of spying him or just in his area and saw, I mean, he just ran up and tackled him uh, for a sack. Another one yeah. was just perfectly timed. He waited for, uh, for the running back to come out of the backfield. He, he came through the hole uh, as a receiver. And Morrow just bolted right through there, which is, which, you know, I give credit to Desai for timing that blitz uh, and for Morrow for executing it. But uh, so, he, you know, he took advantage of that. You know, so it's a split. Uh, you know, I mean, Morrow's, he's not going to get many more. I mean, let's face it. Uh, going into this game, he had four sacks in 81 career games. <laughs> That's not what he does. He's an off-the-ball yeah. linebacker. Uh, they just felt that there were going to be opportunities, I guess, and, and, and even when there weren't, he took advantage of them. So uh, more credit to him. I mean, he, more power to him. He, he had a terrific, terrific yeah. game. With, I think people look him. at the box score, Damo, and they think it's Lawrence Taylor blitzing off the edge. You know, it's not. Yeah, it was more of a the, the two basically delayed blitzes where he got sacks. But look, he's playing well. I, I got to talk to Nick in the locker room yesterday. And I, I never asked him before. It was one of our guests on the show, Brad Spielberger, brought it up because he played pretty well with the Bears. Now, bad team, bad defense. Somebody's got to play. But he started all 17 games, and he didn't get one penny of guaranteed money. And Jody and I talked about that a lot, and we're like, what, what's going on here? So I finally asked him. I said, you know, back in the spring when you were shopping around – um. You know, did you choose Philadelphia because he wanted to play behind this front? And he said, "Oh yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I was. That's why I decided to come here." And look, he's getting an opportunity. Nobody in the history this team's been around since 1933. Damo, no linebackers ever done that. Uh, had that many uh, tackle sacks and a forced fumble in a game, and nobody's done it in the NFL as a whole since James Harrison, I think in 2007. So 
it's been a while. Um, yeah. My next question is, and we've been asking this to a bunch of people this week because Seth Joyner asked me on the post game show, and he said, "Is it time to start thinking about leaving him in there, even when Nicobe Dean comes back?" And I dismissed it. I said, "No, that's not happening." Should we dismiss it? Good question. And I, 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 let's see how healthy you know how long it takes Dean to get one hundred percent healthy. I mean. The one good thing, uh, a lot of good things about the way Morrow's playing, but uh, it doesn't make you want to hurry Dean back. Uh, so he can, you know, you can wait until that foot is 100% and uh, then make that decision. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's what, that's why Desai gets paid the big bucks and uh, we don't. Yeah. You kind of almost have to wait for the bad game. You, you got to wait yeah. for the bad game and then say, all right, the Kobe's back. Yeah. Uh, or, just, or uh, you, you adjust a little bit and use both of them for a while. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. see, that's where I was going, Damo, because the league in general, but even the Eagles more specifically, all you got to do is check the numbers from last year. Kaiser White and uh, Edwards didn't come off the field. If they did, it was because they were only down to one linebacker, but no other linebackers played for the Eagles last year. I rail against the fact that uh, Nicobe Dean got all of 32 snaps the entire season. So the Eagles don't yeah. view that as a, uh, a combination position, a, a transitional position. Why not? Because of the green dot that you want the same guy calling the huddle every single time they rotate guys in and out of that defensive line, basically on every single snap, keep them fresh, keep them fresh, keep them fresh. Why can't we keep a linebacker fresh? Good question. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it has to do with play calling. I mean, it's not that hard. Uh, they've got several guys that can handle that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, they've de-emphasized that position so much that uh, because of their, you know, for a lot of reasons, uh, their, their, their faith in their front four. And, but I mean, right now they're in a situation where they don't have a lot of depth uh, at DB. You know, they don't have a slot corner unless they move Bradbury there. You know, I'm reading a story today about how great Bradley Roby is. I mean, uh, okay, yeah. He's on the practice squad and nobody signed him for how many weeks? And, and I know yeah. Bradley tells the story like, uh, you know, I was waiting for the right spot. Well, you know, there just wasn't a lot of uh, uh, demand for him. And so, I mean, if you can figure out if, – if Desai can figure out a way to use Dean and Morrow inside and not – put as much pressure on those DBs and I'm at, uh, you know, inside as far as a slot guy and leave Bradbury outside, you know, I, I think he should do it. I just don't know the answer to that schematically. Um, but we'll see how he's going to play this as we go along here. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the interesting parts of, I mean, Desai is going to make some adjustments here. He knows his defense is giving up too many passing yards in critical situations, too many big, big plays uh, or semi big plays, if you don't want to call 15 yards, big plays. So, uh, you know, I'll be curious to watch how he adjusts in the next few weeks uh, with this defense. Uh, speaking of big plays, Damo, <clears throat> offensively, Jalen Hurts, um, I don't know, a lot of people called him uneven. I think it's got more to do with the, the running game than the passing game. Um, his deep balls are yeah, pretty impressive. And mm -hmm. he really got going against Washington. Um, and he's been effective 
really throughout the season with with those types of throws. What have you seen from Jalen Hurts throwing versus running the football? Where's look and Ted uh, Jody used the word tentative. I think that's a good word. Yesterday, it's looked a little bit more tentative running the football, except for the sneaks. I mean, that's still um, nobody else can do it, but the Eagles can do it. Um, what what do you think of Jalen's play thus far? Yeah, passing wise, uh, you know, I mean, I, I I thought early on his decision making was a little tentative uh, because he was seeing things that he didn't see last year. I mean, Belichick, <clears throat> uh, Brian Flores, these guys had all all off season to look at this tape, figure out how to attack him and attack this defense or offense, and so there, you know, that slowed him down a little bit. Uh, you're right about the deep ball. I mean, Sunday. He completed four or seven uh, balls of, that traveled 20 or more yards in the air, which is the the definition of a deep ball in this league, uh, to, including the two touchdowns to uh, AJ Brown. He's you know he had even when even when he wasn't completing it in the first three games when he was uh, I believe like three for 12 on those deep balls, he still was throwing it. I mean they weren't they weren't hesitating. Yeah. I mean, their, their attitude is we're going to at least make them respect it and look for it and, and know we're going to throw it. And that opens up things underneath, you know, his, his completion percentage, as I mentioned in my story in Jacob sports, um, his completion percentage in zero to 10 yard throws this year so far is, is up. I want to say four or five points over a completion point. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up over 85. That's Ooh. pretty good. Yeah. That's so pretty good. Well there. And, and the, yeah. you know, the deep ball, you know, I, we saw Sunday, he started completing that. And his decision-making seems to be better. Uh, the, the run, you know, they're taking a lot away from him. Uh, we saw that from week one. I mean, he had the 24-yard run last week, but, you know, they're just not – the, the lanes aren't there that were there last year on a lot of those RPOs and zone reads that they ran. Uh, so, you know, and, and he's also been told or that agreed with, with the coaches – you know, let's not get hurt or at least let's not take chances early. I mean, you know, some of those slides and, and, and surrenders have looked awkward. I know, you know, where he'll take off a little bit. He sees there's nothing there and just slides for a one or two yard loss. I mean, a lot of his sacks are like that. A lot of his sacks aren't really sacks. They're kind of like, I mean, because they're negative yardage, uh, they generally uh, call it a sack. But, you know, he's willing to give up that in exchange for, you know, keeping his body healthy and, and living to fight the next down. So uh, that's where they are right now. I think at some point, I think when they get to Dallas and Kansas City and San Francisco, all bets are off then. Then I think we see a different Jalen. I, I think we see a guy that's going to be a little bit more reckless. Uh, right now, though, um, you know, I think he wants to keep keep healthy, protect himself, and, and you know, use the running backs if he has to throw the ball uh, to somebody. And, and that's what he's doing. Damo against the Rams on Sunday. Is this a Swifty day? Do you think the <laughs> Eagles will be slightly more heavier run based than they were last week against Washington? Rams going to throw it a lot. You know the Rams are going to throw it a lot because they like to throw it a lot. And you yeah. look across the aisle, you see, yeah, their defensive secondary is deleted. Let's take our chance in the air. What do you think the run pass ratio is in this game on Sunday? Is it a heavy running game for the Eagles? I think it's going to depend on what happens early, Jody. Uh, you know, last year, 
this team just ran away from everybody in the first half and then ran and ran and ran in the second half. Um, you know, this year that's not happening. I think they only have a, what, a plus 11, plus 12 point differential in the first half. They've been slow getting started. So I, I still think they'll probably throw early, mix in the pass. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the Rams aren't a great run defense uh, with the exception, you know, so I, I think they'll mix it up, but I think it, you won't see a 40 carry game unless they get a lead and, and feel that's the way to go. Um, the one issue with the Eagles offense, if you look at their numbers, they're not, they're, they're pretty good across the board, top 10 in basically everything. Um, 12th in passing, but they're right there on the cusp. Um, but they're 24th in red zone offense. Yeah. Is that where you got to get Dallas Goddard involved? You got to get a big body involved. Uh, what do you think's going on with the red zone offense? I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at last year, John, when when they you know they finished fourth, I think last year, third or fourth in red zone offense last year, and they didn't they didn't pass much. I mean, their whole attitude of this offense is we get inside the twenty. We're going to we're going to slam it down your throat. We're going to use Jalen a lot. You know, that's where he had, I think, last year, nine of his 13 uh, touchdown runs were inside the 20. Uh, you know, this year, defenses have I think one of the things they made a, Belichick and everybody else that looked at the yeah. tape said you know, everybody's got their want. eyes on Jalen. Everybody's got yeah. their eyes. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wait until, when they get in the side to 20, make them throw the ball. Make him beat yeah. us with the with the pass inside the 20. Let's see what he can do there. And, you know, first three games, I mean, the, it was a really lopsided run pass ratio. I want to say like 19 to 3 or something, or first two games. Last couple games, they've mixed it up more. Haven't had a lot of success, though. I mean, they were, what, one for five, one for four against, uh, against Tampa Bay in the red zone last week, one for two. Uh, you know, Jalen's only thrown – 12 passes in the red zone so far for like 14 yards. He's got, I think I counted that well, he's only got one touchdown pass in the red zone this year, which there are like 30 guys in the league that have thrown more. Uh, he's only thrown two in his last nine starts going back to last year. Uh, he needs to get better in the red zone. They, as a pat, you know, as a passer, because they're taking away the run from him. I mean, when he gets inside the one, sure, you know, they go to the tush push and, and all bets are off. But uh, they're not going to let him have a, a, you know, second and five from the 15. They got their eyes on him there. They're not going to let him run. They're going to, you know, and, and as, as, every, as you guys know, I mean, the field shrinks down there. It's tougher. And yeah. getting back to God, that, that would seem to be the obvious guy to become your weapon inside the 20. Because, I mean, we saw that with, you know, I hate to go back to Wentz considering how that all that ended, but him and Zach Ertz just had, an you know, a, a magical chemistry inside the red zone. They just thought alike. And, uh, you know, he needs to develop that with Goddard inside the 20 and, and be his go-to guy. All right, Domo, I want to back it up out of the red zone because this could be a huge week. The return of Quez, or at least the, <laughs> the threat of Quez that – theoretically opens things up for the other outside wide receivers. Uh, he hadn't played in weeks, but uh, is full go in practice yesterday. How much of a difference does Quez Watkins actually make? 
what are you gonna do with Oz? I mean, I'd rather have, I'm not sure I'd, if I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Oz in there right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't see him making a big difference unless, uh, you know, I mean, the occasional deep ball that you can throw to him, but does he catch it? Uh, you know, can he, can he, can he uh, go up and get a 50, 50 ball? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not too excited about that. Yeah. I say how the, the Eagles talk about his space, the spacing he provides, cause you got to account for his speed yeah. and that helps AJ and Devante and in theory, Dallas Goddard, but they haven't been able to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. So that would be their spin that they just want the speed on the field uh, which he does. He's, you know, in a fast guy league, everybody's fast, but he's faster than most. Uh, so I do pay some attention to that. But yeah, he's never going to catch a lot of balls. It's not going to be traffic. But, you know, if A.J. Brown has another 175-yard gain, I don't think anybody's complaining. So how much of of that works out, the role player aspect, you know, I think the Eagles have missed Zach Pascal this year for other reasons. And, you know, nobody paid attention to Zach because that's boring. But I, I do think there's something to it. But, yeah, they probably overstate it to a degree. Um, elite. Do not forget. Yeah, elite well, and, and Quez, Quez should not have used that term. I think we can all agree calling himself elite. <laughs> um, kind of like using probably, the gold standard. <laughs> yeah, that that was Very probably the one. Exactly. that was probably the wrong thing to say. Quarterback factory. There's a lot of those uh, that the Eagles would like back. But uh, at P Damo, I I want to go back. I'll end it here with you, uh, Damo. My last one. Make sure you follow Paul on Twitter. Listen to his podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. What are we calling that now? I know you had to change it. Uh, uh, what was? Uh, uh, so what is the official title now? The official title now is Birds Report. Birds Report. All right. And I'm going Wednesday, to be on that. Hopefully next Wednesday, week. John, so. John's going to be on Wednesday yeah. at uh, 6 or 6.30. Uh, be sure to tune in. A2D Radio. Uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully I won't scare people off, but uh, I'm going to be on the show. I'm looking forward to that next week. Uh, we talked about Nick Morrow and the Blitz. They blitz more than they have all season against the commanders uh it's over 30 percent but what was interesting that you uncovered is when they are blitzing um and by the way it, it, coming into the game it's 19 it was 19 percent even less than they blitz with uh the defense quarter coordinator we dare not speak his name because nobody likes him but um this week, I don't think they're blitzing Matthew Stafford. I, I don't I don't think that would be a, a good way to go. But the, the more interesting part to me is you, you broke them down by when they're blitzing. 39 blitzes, 16 on first down, only eight on third down. What yeah. does that tell you? Are they run blitzing uh, to get people in difficult situations? Uh, because... Eight on yeah. third down is not a lot. You know, a lot of their blitzes, John, are, are they're not your typical blitz. You know, it's not like, you know, a corner or a safety coming up to the line and they go. I mean, it's more of the Russian five. You know, they line up five and they'll rush five. Yeah. A lot of times they'll line up five and back somebody up or, you know, or he'll just be a spy. 
So, I mean, that's what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know why. I don't expect them to do much of that this week, like you said, against Stafford. Uh, it was because it was Sam Howell. They thought they could. Yeah, yeah. And Bradley, that was the right thing to do. I thought it was a smart yeah. thing to do by Sean Desai. But this week, yeah, I would, I would no, not go. Yeah, and that's kind of what scares me about this game because if that, if he can get the ball out against that pass rush, and if Cooper Cup comes back, you know, are you going to be able to stop that offense? Uh, you know, I know they don't run the ball very much or very well, uh, so that helps. I mean, they're going to be one dimensional, but you know, Cooper Cup is pretty uh pretty impressive and, and that young kid so you know i, I think this is a game they, yeah Puka. yeah and they got two two puko and two two <laughs> right now this looks like a game that they could lose i mean going on the road across the country against a team that throws the ball well or or can throw the ball well you know your only hope is that pass rush is, just has an awesome game all right the uh, pass rush will be what it will be I'm going to ask you two last questions prediction-wise. Number one, um, Puka, Cooper, Tutu. Sounds more like a lineup at a gentleman's club than a trio of wide receivers in the National Football League. But that's who the Eagles will be facing. Under over 250 combined <coughs> yards between those three wide receivers. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry, 250 you said, Jody? 250, those three combined, under over yards yeah. received. I'm going to say uh, over. over. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take go the over. over. I just, I just got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, game. I'm going to, I'm going to go over. Somebody's yeah. going to get 150. So right there, then I only need a hundred from the other two. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're looking over, and the spread on the game is Eagles by four and a half with an under over of 49 and a half. If you think those guys are getting that 250 yards, probably means the Rams putting up a minimum of 20 something, if not 30 something. Is this going to be a shootout that the Eagles have the wherewithal to put up 35 points and win this game against the Rams on the road? They better, because I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I think this offense, I mean, we saw last week, it's 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 starting, you know, we saw Jalen have probably his best game. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, the Rams can stop the run game if they, if they mix it in, uh, with a heavy dose. We still haven't seen them use the running backs or the or Goddard uh, a lot in the passing game. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Eagles can put up 35 against this team. Johnny Mack will be making an appearance on his podcast. We appreciate whenever he makes an appearance on our show. And also, you got to check out his stat pack on jacobsports.com. Let us thank uh, Paul Domwich, despite the fact that he dressed down for today's appearance. <laughs> we still love him here on uh, <laughs> we, we love me on birds 365 thanks Tomo. thanks that's well done with here with us on birds 365 all right johnny mac know you're heading down in a couple minutes to catch some info from uh the coaching staff prior to them getting <laughs> on a big old jet plane and leaving um we thought at the beginning of the year i did at least that the eagles had a very good chance to go five and oh now Game six, Jets next Sunday. I thought that was going to be a real test. I don't so know did I. That was my first loss. Um, no, no, I did pick them to lose. I think one of the one of the first five games. I I, I had a feeling they would just have a hiccup, um, and that turned out to be incorrect. At least with one to go. Can that hiccup be this week? It could, but I I I don't 
I don't think it is. Um, I think it's going to be like Damo said. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. They're going to give up some points, but look, the Rams are not good defensively other than Aaron Donald. And I think, you know, he doesn't have a lot of help these days. So I think you can do a lot of things, help with Kelsey slide him, um, and at least limit the impact to where he's not going to wreck the game. And I don't think they have a ton of talent around them to take advantage of that. So I think the Eagles are going to win a shootout. Um, they're very capable of scoring a lot of points. Um, you know, number five total offense again coming into this game, and everybody thinks they haven't played well. Uh, and they're probably right. Uh, so they they can score a lot of points on anybody, certainly this team. I think it's going to be 33-27-ish. Uh, Eagles win. Uh, I think I think a lot of points. Very, I think you're in a very good neighborhood there. Um, and the <laughs> way I would describe it, and I know we're getting some mantical hair splitting here. I would say the Eagles have played well. What they haven't done yet is played their best. They've not, to use a Jalen Hurts phrase, they've not reached their standard yet. They have their own standard that they set, and I don't think they've achieved that yet. Yet, comma, yet they're 4-0, so they're they're in good enough shape as they go out to L.A. I need one more prediction out of you. If Britton Covey is not good to go, if he does not pass concussion protocol between now and Sunday, and you've noted several times during the week there have been exactly zero players in the NFL this week who within seven days from the time that they suffer the concussion until they're next ready to play, none have been cleared yet. So the protocols have either gotten tougher or the NFL is handing them handled, holding them to a higher standard. If Covey can't go, who they drop him back to take punts this week? Uh, it's going to be Oz or it's going to be uh, elevation from Greg Ward. So, you know, it's kind of like, what do the Eagles want to do to manipulate this thing? Because the other issue is backup center um, without Cam Jurgens and, they have looked at Landon Dickerson at center during practice. Um, Landon has snapped a couple, huh? Yeah. Um, and they've also, uh, they have Julian Good-Jones on the practice squad. So they could elevate him. But remember, they got to elevate the punter. Under so they only have first. one. So they got to make a decision. Would you rather go with uh, Dickerson as your backup center or Oz as your punt returner? Um my estimation was would be that they would elevate Greg Ward simply because Kelsey always plays. I mean, I got to play the odds. Um, and what are the odds that Kelsey's not gonna not gonna play? So I would, uh, and if he does, and if it's you know, there's been a few times over the years where he's missed a snap or two, and you know, if you got to jumble things for a snap or two, uh, let Landon do it. He's an all-American center at Alabama. It's not like he, you know, is terrible at it. Um, so that's the way I would go. Um, or, you know, they could always put Braden Man on the stink at 53 and they could elevate both of them and you yeah, solve that, the problem. That is, that is not happening this week because uh, as, uh, well, I, I don't want to put you in the same boat as me. 
I still go like this every time I see Contavious Street's name on the roster and the fact that he's getting snapped in real. Oh, they need him this week. He's going to play him. this week. Yeah, Don't play need him. Uh, maybe not uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu. Oh, they're going to get snaps for Contavious Street. Yeah. So, well, so not there's other guys as well, though. I mean, uh, you know, you, you just think signed Brad Rich. Yeah, you just signed Bradley Roby. I mean, he's not going to be here in two weeks anyway. Well, he'll be back on the practice squad, I would assume. But I mean, Roby's here to take his spot. Um, yeah, but we're talking maybe, about this Sunday. Yeah, maybe if, speed if it up good a week. To go, then yeah, you can just cut Goodrich. You can just uh, let well, you got to cut him anyway to be able to activate. Roby yeah, he's, uh, he, he's going eventually anyway. So if you speed it up a week, it's just uh, you know how you want to juggle things. But look, I don't think they're going to put man on the 53. Maybe he doesn't even deserve it. He hasn't even punted that well. He had one good punt. uh, And it was a good punt, but one out of whatever he's punted is not good. Um, So maybe he doesn't even deserve it yet. And, and like I said, I would play the odds and that Jason Kelsey's Jason Kelsey, and he's going to be out there. So, I would elevate Greg Ward to be the pump returner. And the only thing about Greg Ward getting up, I'd love to see him actually get a couple snaps because if you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. If you throw it to Greg Ward, he's going to catch it. Chances are he's going to get five, four or five yards. <laughs> he's not exactly burning down the field, but he's going to catch it, and he's got a good relationship with Jalen. He's not afraid to talk to him. He's not going to play this week. If he, if he gets elevated, he'll probably get no snaps because Quez is back. And Alamde was good last week, so they're not going to their fifth wide receiver. I don't think no. they're going five wide no. receiver stats. So the only thing he's going to do would be return a punt or two. And we'll see how much either of these two teams punts. It sounds like nobody thinks there's going to be a lot of punting going on. We all kind of think teams are going to go up and down. The you know, and, and I should have mentioned more, you know, Matthew Stafford's not 100%, so we got to see he's going to play, but I, I don't know. He, he was really banged up with that hip injury, so maybe that helps the Eagles as well. Um, but, you know, he's not a mobile guy to begin with, so it's not like he's going to be running. He's going to be getting the football out of his hands, but if he's uncomfortable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's good. And, you know, Slay told me earlier this week, he's really good. And, you know, he's one of those arm talent guys. And he's going to make some throws, and that's everybody. Uh, he he throws on everybody, and the Eagles are going to be no different with the issues in the secondary. When when supposedly you get hurt with the hip, was it before last week or was it? In no, it was week? in the game last week. Yeah, it was in and, the game. And somehow he was capable of dropping back and throwing it 40 times. So yeah. I expect him to throw it 40 times against the Eagles on Sunday. Johnny Mack, your final was? 33-27, and 5-0. 33 and 27 out of Johnny Mac. I'll have a prediction for you next hour. We'll get the guy sliding in to take Johnny's place for hour number two. Mark Fazetta to make a pick. We'll get our buddy Andrew Ticheco from uh, inside the birds to make a pick. Out in San Francisco. He's he's going to San Francisco, then Los Angeles, Andrew. And I'll see him out in Los Angeles. uh, So He's getting himself used to that uh, West Coast time clock. Uh, so we'll get Andrew up bright and early. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes from now. Johnny, safe travels over to South Philly, brother. I'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, I will be on a plane Monday, so um, Tuesday for me. All right, so you're coming back on Monday. All right, yeah. cool. 
Uh, John McMullen out of here. Jody Mack sticking around. Mark Farzetta joins me for hour number two on his Football Friday Birds you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are. Dr. Groshen. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac and Mac, that makes it Mac and Mark. Farzetta joins me for hour number two. McMullen's got to go over and get some info on the birds. Uh, Mark Farzetta, good to have you. Thank you very much for jumping in. Uh, mm. One question before we start the whole hour. Um, yes. I heard this nasty rumor. You need to confirm it tonight. Uh, the reason last week that you did the Eagles pregame show, because I see a couple of wise asses on the stream going, oh, Farzetta only cares about the Phillies. Um, <laughs> But I did I not see you outside doing the pregame show last week? Is it because you're a Philly guy they would not permit a non-Eagle guy in to do the pregame show indoors? So they take uh, your ass outside? Jody, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but uh, me, Derek Gunn, and Seth Joyner, as well as Mike Misnelli, uh, Bill Calarulo as well, and uh, Kaylee, Kayla Santiago, Kayla Santiago, we got bumped out of Ocean Casino last weekend because of Kim Kardashian and Michael Rubin. Kardashian, not the Phillies guy, and they weren't going to have you indoors. That is is correct. It was not uh, nothing to do with my Phillies affiliation. Um, uh, They just – we got bumped out by uh, by Kimmy K, man. Uh, They they rented the whole Ocean Casino, yeah. I, I don't know what the, the weather was like. I should remember. Can't remember back to Sunday. Beautiful. Beautiful. Battleship, New Jersey. It looked great. I didn't know whether it was good or bad weather, but it just came off great. You know, it you oh. looked like you're outdoors ready for some football. They're going to play football outside. Why can't we do the pregame show outside? <laughs> looked really good. It, leave it to Krause, uh, Joe Krause, the, uh, what do we call him, the executive producer of uh, Jacob Media? Chief uh, bottle washer. Yes. <laughs> He goes, I don't, we're not going to be able to do the show at Ocean. We're not going to be able to do the show at Ocean. I'm going to find another location. So then maybe two, maybe Friday, we all get an email Thursday. Maybe like, hey, we're going to do the show from the Battleship New Jersey on the deck of the Battleship New Jersey pre-halftime and post. So be ready. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. And it was majestic. First off, the most beautiful view of Philadelphia. And just to be on the Battleship New Jersey is always an awesome experience. So that whole pregame show, the the whole day on the Battleship New Jersey was amazing. Good. I mean, uh, that's all and, I and by the way, Jody, before we get into anything else, the picture you posted of you and your daughter at the Phillies. Speaking of the Phillies, the Phillies playoff that that is Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Thirty seconds on social media since you went there. I discussed this last night on my CBS Sports Radio show. I guess I just don't get social media because I don't do Instagram. And there's a reason I don't do Instagram, because it's pictures. And take a look at this. There's a reason I don't do pictures, okay? Okay. Twitter is opinion. Twitter is information. 
That's what I do. That's what I use. I don't even tweet all that much because I get paid to give my opinion here in mm -hmm. WIP and CBS Sports Radio. So I give it away for free on Twitter. No, <laughs> only if I'm not going to be on the air for days. Then I'll put out an opinion on it every once in a while. But I use it to just promote my upcoming shows, whatever else. I usually get 25, 30 likes for something that I tweet. If I is really cutting edge or whatever, I'll get 50 or something. 2,000 likes for the picture of me and my daughter. All it says is Madden Dad at the game, uh, hashtag closeout. What? There's no information there. There's no opinion there. Just a picture. Yes. People love pictures. God, if you put a picture up, oh, my God, everybody on the planet loves it. Just a picture of a father and a daughter going into a Phillies game. What the hell? Identifiable, my friend. Relatable. That's what people love. It's all about connection. No. It's all about connection. You're connecting with your audience. You can have I'm a father. I don't have a daughter that age yet, you know? That is a beautiful thing. Right away, boom, like for Jody Mack and Mad being at the game, man. It's a beautiful thing. You look great, by the way. Oh, by the way, Madden Dad, 3-0. Philly's supposed to be I was there for the Reese Austin slam the bat down game uh -huh. and the uh, game against the Padres and uh, now this year. So we're 3-0 we're and in the past two years. When's so the Madden Dad? When's the Madden Dad podcast? Madden Dad. We did the Maddie and Daddy podcast. Uh, oh. but then my daughter got a job. Uh, when she first got out of school, she said, I got nothing else to do. You want to do this, Dad? Yeah, we did. And then she nice. started working for a living. Um, but, yeah, she's, she's a good luck charm. I give her the credit, not me. It's got nothing to do with me. But uh, she's been good to the Phillies. And, yes, those who are wondering will take another picture. Be on the lookout at Jody McMahon, J-O-D-Y-M-A-C-M-A-N, uh, first home game in the next year. Game three, game one home. We will be there Wednesday against the Braves. Uh, so uh, be on the beautiful. Be beautiful. Right. Let's you and I talk about the Eagles. God damn it, this is bird <laughs> 65. Um, and I got us off on a tangent. <laughs> That's on the host. Don't blame Farzetta. Um, John thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game. We had Domo on, now we're number one. And he kind of thinks it's a high-scoring game. I think it's a high-scoring game. The odds makers have set the over-under at 49, which is a good size of it. It'll get into the 50s every once in a while. Um, but they've got this one set pretty high, and I think they should because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. How high is high, Farzee? I don't have it as I don't have it as hitting the over. I have it as just coming in as the under. And one of the reasons is because everything points to the idea of this being a high scoring game, especially if Cooper Cup ends up playing in this game. Uh, you have Nakua, obviously. But the thing that is the X factor in all this that I don't think enough people are talking about is the whole tight end factor. I didn't realize that the Eagles were the second worst team. And I knew they were bad. I didn't know they were second worst team in the league through four games about covering tight ends. Um, they allow a 146 passer rating, I think it is, when tight ends are, are targeted. So that's damn near perfect. So I think that's going to be an X factor for the Rams in this one as to why it could be a high-scoring game. But I think the Eagles are going to rise to the, uh, rise to the challenge here. And I think the, the, the biggest thing in the Eagles' favor is going to be their pass rush. So when I look at that defensive line, and I understand Fletcher Cox is going to be there this week, but when I look at that, I look at other guys with the opportunity to step up, I think they will do that. I see this as being a... Just under maybe the 45 points are scored in total in this game. I think the Eagles' defense, uh, hopefully Roby is able to go in this one. I think you have an opportunity here 
to, to show that you're a better pass defense than what we have seen so far, whether you're Darius Slay, whether you're James Bradbury, hopefully going back out to the outside as opposed to playing the slot. I think it's going to be not a barn burner that people are predicting. I think the Eagles have had a good amount of those, especially with this last week against the uh, against the commanders. But I don't see this game, I hate to use this term, devolve into a shootout. Uh, when this game was scheduled for if I told you tight end matchup, Eagles tight end versus Rams tight end, who's got the event? Well, of course, it's Dallas Scott. You wouldn't blink about it. But, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Tyler Higby. Your number that you quoted is is dead on. The Eagles have been beat by tight end some in the first couple of weeks. Um, you think Roby's going to be ready to be up? I, I know the guy is a grizzled veteran, been there, done that, whatever. Didn't they sign him 20 minutes ago? Just about. You really think they can get him up to speed for well, Sunday? Let, let's put it to you like this. So, listening to Nick Sirianni and listening to Sean Desai throughout this week, especially after Roby. So, I think they signed Roby. Desai spoke. They they signed Roby, I think, is the order that it went. And then uh, Sirianni is the only one that's talked about it. When Sirianni was asked about Roby potentially being up, he said, first off, when he was asked about James Bradbury possibly playing and re- returning to the outside, he's like, we're going to look at everything. We're going to look at everything. So that kind of let the the gray area kind of grow a little bit. And then he said when he was asked about James, Brad- James Bradbury later in the week, he let that gray area grow a little bit more. I think everything is pointing to Roby plays in this game. I know wow. Sal um, uh, Sal Palantonio was on this network, of course. I think it was yesterday talking about the same thing. And he said he can't get Roby in a uniform fast enough. And I think if you're Sean Desai, who was asked the question earlier in the week, are you getting enough value? Davis and Garrow, NBC Sports Philly, put the question to him, said, are you getting enough value out of James Bradbury considering how good he is as an outside corner? Are you getting enough value in the slot? Sean Desai, you know, started out with this, you know, the great, that's a great question. You're damn right, it's a great, great question. But you're not. The answer is you are not getting enough. You are, we talk about this with the offensive line all the time, Jody. You're going to move a left tackle to right tackle and get worse in two positions when one guy goes down? No, you don't want to do that. They're doing it at the cornerback position right now. Mm-hmm. I think Roby's got to play. I, I don't think it's a matter of knowing the playbook as much as it's just having some decent border uh, basis, uh, you know, uh, communication, basic communication with your outside corners. And Roby's played enough. He is that veteran that you mentioned. And they're, case in point, going to need him. Josh Job, as Johnny on the spot as he's been, he has not made plays. He's he's ended plays with tackles, but he has not broken up passes. You're talking about a guy who's at a 100 passer rating against him as a corner so far? That's not good. So I'd rather have a veteran come in here, play the slot, and have another veteran, James Bradbury, return to his natural habitat. And I want to see that as soon as humanly possible. I think Sean Desai and Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman are all on that same page. I think you are very wishful thinking. Uh, number one, Roby hasn't played anywhere for six months, okay? Mm-hmm. He's sitting at home. Maybe he's out playing at the high school field down the block from his outside, but it's not quite the same as covering NFL wide receivers. Okay. Uh, number two, the Eagles defense, the Fangio defense, I don't know how many times I've heard John McMullen uh, preach this over the last hour. It's all based on communication. It's all about knowing what your teammate is going to do, that you got to cover him, he's got to cover you. He, he still is forgetting some of his fellow defensive backs' names yet. He has been there so short a period of the time. And in a defense which overemphasizes communication, he just hasn't had enough time to communicate to his guys. Mm-hmm. So how the hell is he going to do it on Sunday against a pretty good wide receiver group from the L.A. Rams? 
I, I just I, I think you'd be pushing the envelope. I, I think you're in dire straits. I think desperate times call for desperate measures. I agree it's desperate. I agree it's a it's a no pun intended, a Hail Mary, but I think you're gonna need it. I think you're gonna need it this weekend. Right. Um, I don't think they're gonna be able to in their own estimation. Hope they self-evaluate self-scout well enough. I don't think you can ask a guy to show, show up in a complicated defense four days after you sign him to come in and play significant minutes where I think Bradley's going to, Bradbury's going to play most of the time in the snap. All right. That's the Eagles on defense. Okay. Eagles on offense. I haven't gotten you on the record yet. We've I've discussed it with almost every guest we've had on this week. Jalen hurts when he runs the football to me, looks tentative. We've had some people and fans and everyone say he looks slow. I, do I really believe that because of the $250 million, is he actually carrying it in the back of his pants when he <laughs> runs that you think he's running slower? No, I don't believe that for a millisecond. He's just as fast as he's always been. But I think he's running a little tentatively. And the coaches admitted to the fact that, yes, we want Jalen to stay healthy. We've told him take less chances. And I think that's been evidenced by when he's take took off and run and or sliding after uh, getting a, a handful of yards at best. But Jalen said, uh, when they asked, Did you, have you changed your mindset about running? He said, nope. And that was it. Yeah. He didn't expound on it. And Jason's pretty, uh, Jalen's pretty good at expounding and, and explaining things. He chose not to explain. He just left it at a nope. How much of a deterrent is this to the Eagle offense? If he stays on the field, of course, that's a great thing. If he runs and gets hurt, that's disastrous. But just comparing what they did last year when Jalen made as many plays with his legs as he did this year where they've been few and far between, had one really good 24-yard run the other day. How much is this an issue for the Eagles going forward? So twofold. Tentative, I think, is the perfect word to use, Jody. I'll give you all the credit in the world for that. The tentative is, is the right way to say it. So, for instance, <clears throat> negative. Jalen Hurts has a second and 10, I think it was, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Has the first down. He breaks for a run to the right side. Breaks for the run. Has the first down right there. And then all of a sudden, I think it was the corner coming in to make a tackle. And instead of taking the angle and getting the first down, he then goes into a slide well short of the first yeah, down. Four yard short. Four yeah. It was ridiculous. He could have the first down. So that is tentative. That is scared. That's not wanting to take the hit. Now, I'm glad he's not hurt. I'm glad he – I would say play smart, but he is smarter than that. We have seen him play smarter than that, where he has at least taken the angle, gotten out of bounds, not taken the hit. So that's the negative side of being tentative when it comes to the run. That's the part I don't like. But in that same game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers – he throws the touchdown to Alameda Zacchaeus, and he's sitting in the pocket for six seconds. Last year's Jalen Hurts, certainly, and the year before that, absolutely, breaks for a 10, 15, 20-yard run, whatever it would be. But the fact that he had that poise, that's the positive side of not running too much. And he's keeping himself healthy. I want the Eagles to live up, and I want to hold them for their word, which it was in the preseason and in training camp. We want to. This is what they said. I want to. In I want to embrace the uniqueness of Jalen Hurts's game. That's what Nick, Nick Nick Sirianni had to say about it. He wants to make sure that they are embracing the uniqueness of his game. What makes him special? His ability to run, 
Not just his ability to extend a play, but his ability to run, get out of bounds, and be smart about it is part of what makes him an MVP caliber quarterback. Yep. I think this is a game you're going to see it. And no, it's not going to be because he was asked about it. It's going to be because something it's something that they haven't really tapped into yet this season. And I have never been one to say he's got to run less. No, I, as, I'll take a quarterback that runs every play if he's doing it smart. If the if the defense is taking away a deep ball and they, they they're not finding a rhythm with you know quick slants or anything like that, then run. I don't have a problem with that. I, I have an issue with the amount of times you might do it over the middle with the brotherly shove. Uh, maybe taking advantage of that a little too much at times. But if it's there for Jalen, take it. If they're only giving you if they're taking away your first read and you're having struggle uh, struggles going through your progressions, whatever it might be. Take off, punish the defense that way. Make them come in, make them quarterback spy you, whatever it might be, and then exploit that later in the game. I think this is going to be a game where you do see that a little bit. I think he has another 25-yard run that he's going to break out in this particular game. And no, again, it's not because he was asked the question. I think it's going to be able to present itself because with your receiving core and their secondary, you're going to be able to make sure that you have a – you're going to have the opportunity – to not only be able to hit guys downfield, but when they are playing back, you're going to have the ability to break off a run as well. So I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big game this week, both with the arm and with the legs. Do you uh, – I was surprised by something you said there. Do you really have an issue or a problem as small or as big as it may be with how they've used the – call it what you want, tush push, yeah, uh, brotherly shove. Personally, I like cheek sneak, and I think it's probably <laughs> the least used, but that's just my own personal favorite. You think they've overdone it this year, really? No, 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 no. Over the course of the last two years, here's my here's my here's my only very specific nitpicky issue with it. If I'm first and goal from the one, okay, and I have a running back behind me, and it's you know I can just hand it to the running back and try to put. I don't like it when they go to it immediately. I don't like it when it's I like. Do. I don't like it when it's the first option. Okay. I rather why not? They're, they're only like ninety five percent of it. Yeah, why would you call a play that you have ninety five percent effectiveness? Yes, well, because a hundred percent of the time you're putting your quarterback's head right over the line of scrimmage. That's why I have an issue with it. Jalen's got hurt each of the last two years. How many am on the court? I, I understand. I understand. But where's his head located, and where's everybody else's head coming from? And that they're coming for him. I had, I had that opinion even before Chris Sims. It is illustrated in such a terrible way. Kill Jalen Hurts, jerk off. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) here's uh, here. I've actually, it's so funny. It's a silly, it's a silly play, but I've actually changed my opinion on it because when they first started doing, I said, you know, it is a rugby play. It's not really a football play, even though the Eagles seem to get it every single time. Yeah, I was, I was quasi on that side of it, but. The doofuses like Chris Sims and Peter King, who I respect as much as anybody who's been kind of outspoken against it, I'm starting to get the feeling that more than a a, a description of the play or the way the play looks, people just don't like it because the Eagles are that good at it. Because other teams try, I watched Daniel Jones try it on, on Monday night. He's six foot four and 230. And he couldn't even begin to move. Now, Giants offensive line stinks too, but yeah. he couldn't move. The The reason the Eagles are that good at it more than anything else is it's Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. He's that good. He has that kind of leg drive. The Eagles offensive line is really good too. I'm starting to get the feeling it isn't, oh, it's an ugly play. Why do we want ugly play? We don't want the Eagles to have a mandatory first down every time they get within one yard. I, I'm, I'm starting to get annoyed by the outspoken 
aspect of they need to ban this play. I think they just don't like the fact that the Eagles are that good at it. Well, the Eagles have the perfect formula. They got the best offensive line in football, and then they have a quarterback that can squat, what is it, 800 pounds, 1,000 pounds, whatever the hell it is. It's ridiculous what he can squat. So they have the perfect formula to execute this play. Um, I had uh, Hollis Thomas on my show Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and Hollis talked about how Jim Johnson would stop it. Because he's like, you're talking about a quarterback sneak. And he's like, if, you're, if your quarterback can squat as much as Jalen Hurts, if your quarterback is as strong as Jalen Hurts behind this offensive line, you're going to have a lot of success. But what you have to do is if you're the nose tackle or you're a defensive tackle in this situation, you have to make sure you're lined up right at the ankles of the quarterback. And the second the quarter, the second the ball is snapped, you have to grab the ankles of the quarterback. He's like, that's how we would have stopped it, and that's how we would stop it with Jim Johnson. He's like, I don't know if he'd be able to, if that would be the way to do it now, but it'd be your best bet. So I haven't seen anyone try to do that quite yet. But as far as the movement to get this banned as the only way to get this stopped, you don't like it. Tough. It's got the paper. If you don't like it, stop it. It's got a near damn percentage, perfect percentage of a, a point after touchdown. So for me, they tried to make that a little bit more difficult by moving it back, fine, whatever. But this particular play is a legal play. I hate when people call it a rugby play. I understand people trying to say it's not football. The fact that it happens in football, the Eagles executed to perfection, and they got the absolute picture-perfect personnel to run it, tough on everybody else. Shame on anyone else for trying to change the rules because you just can't figure out a way to stop a legal play done by the Philadelphia Eagles. If it was anybody else, oh, look how great they are. Look how fantastic they are. The fact that it's the Philadelphia Eagles, for whatever damn reason, people want to get rid of it because they have no idea how to stop it. And, oh, by the way, yeah, this is Jody Mack football geekdom because I'm on the air on Sundays till 8 o'clock, so I'm watching the late games probably more intensively than everybody else. Eagle games long since over. I give props to the uh, – uh, LA, LA uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They're losing to San Diego. It's down a touchdown. End of the game. Herbert had hurt his hand in the game. So they had to put a splint on it in the middle of it. So the Chargers are just looking to run out the clock, but they don't want him to take a snap and hurt his hand. So they're going to victory formation out of the shotgun. Have you ever heard of this before? I've never seen it before. Formation no. out of the shotgun because they don't want the center hitting his hand with a snapped ball. Mm. And a Raider defender, they're down seven. They got no more timeouts. There's nothing they can do. The game is virtually over. He tried to time his jump over the line as they're snapping the football to try and get to the snap in midair. And damn if he didn't almost pull it off. It was all borderline perfection. He went just a split second before his snap. And he got in there. He got over to the offensive lineman. He got his hands on the ball. And they threw the flag. And they uh, disallowed the play. But it was, it was outstanding. How about that rest of the NFL? Learn to defend it. Work on defending it. You got the Eagles on the schedule. We know they're the best in the league at it. Why don't you actually practice something at keeping the Eagles from being able to do that? You know what? You can't. They're just that good at it. You can't stop it. Suck it up. Don't let them get third and one. There's your mm -hmm. answer. Don't let them get the third or fourth and one, and you won't have to worry about Jalen Hurts poking you in the eye. Here's, here's what I don't like, and I, I agree with everything you said. So in the, in the Chip Kelly heyday, if you will, and when they were really breaking out the read option all the time, there is a 
I think it was a preseason game. Yeah, it was a preseason game against the Ravens. Sam Bradford's your quarterback. And everyone knew Sam Bradford was not running the football. Okay. You knew if they were going to the read option, he was throwing it or the running back was going to take it, obviously. Um, but you knew, obviously, he was most likely going to, he wasn't going to run. But the fact that at that mesh point, the quarterback was still fair game, I think it was Terrell Suggs that just started laying the wood on Sam Bradford and hurting him and trying to hurt him in a preseason game. He said after the game, he said after the game, if they're going to continue to do that, I'm going to hit the quarterback. If you're, you are giving me a license to hit the quarterback for nothing. You're going to find a linebacker. You're going to find a free safety. You're going to find somebody that is just tired of that play. I don't know who it is, but they're going to find someone who's tired of seeing the Eagles do that. And I thought Chris Sims made a good point, but illustrated it horribly. I'm concerned about it. When a when they line up for that play, I'm concerned about somebody, a safety, somebody coming down and just taking Jalen Hurts on head on and knocking him out of a game. God forbid. God forbid. But I am concerned about that evolution of the play. If no one else can stop it in any other way and you got your season on the line, I I, I am concerned about a defensive player. Yes, unfortunately, headhunting. I thought Chris Sims, the point was good. I thought the way he illustrated killing a quarterback, terrible. Saying you would do that, terrible. But I don't put it past a member. If we talk about that in the preseason all the time, a young guy trying to make a name for himself, what are we going to do when it's week 15, week 14, teams are jockeying for playoff position, and you got the Eagles on your schedule? That's what I am concerned about overall. I'll tell you a guy who fits exactly what you're describing, a guy who's just not going to allow you to do that. That would be Dick Butkus, who we lost last Oof. night at age 80. Oof. Um, I'm old enough to remember Farzee when Dick Dick Butkus played. Not his entire career. I started watching football in 68, 69, because I do remember the Jets being in the, in the Super Bowl at 69. It's just a wee lad in the second grade. Um, so I didn't see Butkus's heyday. He played from the mid-60s to the early 70s. He was the meanest, nastiest football player I've ever seen. And I'm only seven years old, and I still comprehend, oh, my God, he hurts people. Uh, others are hitting hard. Not as hard as Dick Butkus did. He really did. You talk, And the game has changed so much since that time over the last 50 now years. Um, yeah, they tried to hurt each other. And now the NFL has these protections and defenseless wide receivers and fines and penalties or whatever else. There was no such thing as a defenseless wide receiver in the National Football League in the 70s. You're on the field, you're fair game. Anyway, anytime, how hard you ever want to hit. Uh, Dick Butkus was the meanest, nastiest, nastiest. And and back then, that made you the best football player on the field. He was just a uh, change-the-game type player for the Chicago Bears back in the day, and he passed yesterday. At the age of 80. All right. He's far as that. I'm McDonald. You got Macamark here with you on Birds 365. I am having trouble reaching our pal Andrew DiCecco out there in uh, Cali. What? He he did. He basically booked himself for the show. I tried to get him on Monday or Tuesday. And he said, yeah, I can't join you. But I will come on Friday with you when I'm already on the West Coast. He's already out there. He's getting ready to take a uh, quick flight down from San Francisco to L.A. He's visiting family or whatever. He said, you realize it's 630, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the second hour of our show, 930 here would be 630 your time out there in California. He goes, oh, no, I'm up every day. I'm an early riser. It won't be a problem. 
Yeah, I've texted him a couple <laughs> times. He hasn't gotten in yet. He hasn't uh, streamed in yet. So we're still hoping to get Andrew DiCecco from Inside the Birds uh, to join us. But if not, then Farzee and I are just going to continue to break it down for you. Eagles Rams coming up on Sunday. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got uh, Mark Fazetta in for John McDonald. I'm Jody McDonald. Thanks for tuning in to Birds 365 before we exit stage left in the next half hour or so. Both Farzee and I will have predictions on whether the Eagles will or won't win and what we think the final score will be. So you want to stay tuned for that. All right, uh, two kind of off uh, Eagles versus Rams points that I want to make before we get back to that in a second. Number one, as you can see, Andrew DiCecco not with us uh, just yet. Still crossing the fingers. He of InsideTheBirds.com and the podcast uh, has not checked in. It's a downside for now, but it's an upside for later because when somebody blows you off, 
you know they're saying yes the next time. You they just feel <laughs> completely and utterly obligated to go out of their way to be on the show the next time yes because mm. they blew you off and they feel bad unless it's a jerk off and Andrew's not. So uh, we expect him when we need him. We'll get him back at a, a later date. That's number one. And number two, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here and, and I'm probably going to pay the wrath of it um, because of it. A guy who's quasi-popular here in Philadelphia by relationship and a guy who's unquestionably popular here in Philadelphia. And I, I'm not nearly questioning him as much as I am his brother. Travis Kelsey saying that the NFL needs to back off a little bit of their coverage of Taylor Swift. Travis, are you stupid? Are you crazy? You don't think the NFL is going to take advantage of Taylor Swift showing up at their games? If you don't want her being shown on TV, real easy. Don't give her tickets. Don't have her sit next to your mom in a luxury box. You are inviting the National Football League in when you do something like that. I can't believe they're showing. She's Taylor Swift. Of course they're going to show her on TV if she's at a game. What do you mean they need to back off? I'm surprised they're good. Of course that's what's going to happen. Come on, Travis, you're smarter than that. You're brighter than that. You're a popular spokesman for like every other product now on TV. Every time I turn my TV, oh, Travis commercial, uh, another Travis commercial. And on the New Heights podcast this week, uh, his brother kind of took him down that road. A little, little overexposure? Are they overdoing it? Of course they are. That's what they do. That's what everybody does. Yeah. You know who else does that, Travis? Taylor does. Our commercials are absolutely everywhere. They got, they got their own movie coming out that's already sold out months in advance. That's the world in which we live. You know that the New Heights podcast is one of the best podcasts, highest rated podcasts. You don't tell those people to tune away, do you? No, please turn into our podcast. So his, his objection of, oh, they're overdoing it with Taylor. Stop it. Just stop, Travis. I, 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 here's where I'll disagree. And I, I agree with everything you just said, but here's the one thing I'll I'll just, if I had to nitpick and play devil's advocate. Please, go for it. If you, The only person that could say that is Travis Kelsey. Because to Travis Kelsey, it's about a personal relationship. Let's just let's just live in a world for a second where they are they 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 seem to really like each other. There seems to be something that could go somewhere later in life, right? This I'm could sure be a real thing. That, I'm sure you said that when you said, "Oh, the Kardashians are kicking us out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. No, you probably said, "Wait a minute, we're getting booted to the boat because of the Kardashians." Stop hey, it! Of course, you got to understand. It's a ship. You show some respect, Jody. Anyway. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey is the only one that can say that because he's the one experiencing it. He wants to have, uh, let's, for all intents and purposes, let's just call it his girlfriend. Let's call her his girlfriend. He wants to have his girl at the game. He doesn't want all the attention to be just on that. I'm sure some of it he would like the team to have some attention as well and not all be about Taylor Swift. Let's just, he's the only one that could say that. And I'd be like, okay, fine. Now, is he benefiting from it? Is are, Do more people know who I, – I, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a bit of a TikTok trend going on right now where men are telling their wives, oh, this Taylor Swift, she's really going to blow up now because she's dating an NFL tight end. And the wives are like, oh, she's going to she's gonna blow up because of that? Oh, no, no, no. Her stardust is going to go over this player, and he's going to blow up because of her. That's the back and forth that's going on. But 
from Travis's perspective, he's the only one who could say this because it's his own personal relationship. However, the NFL, to everything you just said, the NFL is going for the most mass of mass audiences they've ever had. Taylor Swift has that ability. And I know a lot of people already know this in our chat. A lot of people already know this that are watching the show. But to just explain this to people that don't get it, it's not just about views. It's not just about clicks. It's about something called unique views, unique clicks, which means people that wouldn't normally check you out are now checking you out. And that is a wonderful thing to have for advertising dollars to use that as leverage in any negotiation. So now if you're bringing in Taylor Swift, one of the biggest stars on the planet, you're bringing her into your audience to expand to an audience that would never watch an NFL game, but will watch to see Taylor Swift in a luxury suite drinking something next to Travis Kelsey's mom or Jason Kelsey's mom in a luxury suite. You're going to have people tuning in and you're going to have the NFL telling NBC, telling Prime, telling CBS and Fox, you get as many views of her as possible because that brings in that mass audience. The NFL, as much money as it make as it's making, guess what? It only wants more. So to bring in Taylor Swift, they're going to continue to do it. Travis Kelsey, hey, good on you. Say, oh, no, please don't give me attention. Don't give this attention. Don't give her attention. Yeah, I think he's smirking a little bit as well. But the NFL is not going to turn a blind eye to it because it will only increase their unique views, unique clicks, and overall interest in their sport because of this new star that is gracing us with her presence. And I won't even go so far as to give Travis any kind of a hard time because he's biting off her fame. I, I don't believe that. All those commercials that are airing were taped months, if not a year ago, okay, before sure. he was ever mm-hmm. even dating, knowing to showing up at a concert, being able to spell her last name. I had no idea what kind of connection he had to Taylor Swift when he taped all these commercials. Now, are they being run a little bit more frequently because he said, well, that would be that would be someone else's decision, not mm-hmm. not his decision. I don't think he'd. Ooh, I got a chance to date Taylor Swift. It'll run my commercial that much more. I don't believe that for a millisecond. I don't think that was his line of thinking. I would not put that on him. Mm. But the why would they do this aspect of it? They need to back off. Stop it. It's Taylor Swift. You're a bright guy, Travis. You understand the magnitude of Taylor Swift. And if you don't, then maybe your brother needs to smack some sense in you because, of course, that's going to happen. And I got to believe he knew that the first time he ever got introduced to her before they ever became a thing or an item or whatever the hell you want to call it. You had to know this was going to happen. And this somewhat staged outrage of why it's unfair and they need to cut it back. Stop, stop, Travis. Come on. You're brighter than that. All right. uh, Back to the Eagles and the Rams. They will be playing out in L.A. on Sunday. And the Eagles are a little undermanned, uh, not only at the uh, corner, the slot position. uh, Doesn't look like they haven't made a commitment yet as to whether Brown's going to be back or not uh, to be able to step in. It looks to me like Bradbury's in the slot. Mark's saying he thinks they're going to get Roby up to speed by Sunday. I I would be pretty damn surprised by that. But they also looks like going to have to replace Fletcher Cox. That Cox is a no-go. Derek Gunn right here on this channel said yesterday he's definitely out. His teammates after practice said, yeah, Fletcher isn't going. Uh, the Eagles haven't officially said he's not going to get on a plane with a bad back and sit there for six hours. So um, it's not officialized per the Eagles, but we're all expecting that to be the case. 
How much faith you got Contavious Street jumping in there and being Fletcher Cox, Mark Farzetta? Being Fletcher Cox, no. The guy that I'm going to need to be Fletcher Cox, two guys, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. We've talked a lot last year about Jordan Davis expanding his snap count. He needed to be healthy last year. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. We needed him to be in better shape this year. That has happened. Jalen Carter, I think, is just sitting there waiting to be unleashed. So I think those are the two guys that step up. I think a guy like Milton Williams is a guy that needs to step up. Kadavia Street needs to go there and just beat Kadavia Street. I need other guys to be Fletcher Cox. The pass rush in general, and I think this is the most interesting thing here, Sean Desai with the exception of last week, and granted he didn't have the best personnel in the world and may not again have the best personnel this week, but Sean Desai versus Sean McVay is the most interesting chess match of all of this because I think Brian Johnson, I think last week's game against the Commanders, Brian Johnson, we saw the best and the worst of him, I think, in one game. But Sean Desai, for the most part this season, I thought has put together a really good defensive game plan. This will be the ultimate test, the ultimate chess match, especially if you are still without a legit slot corner and then you're without a legit other corner opposite Darius Slay, and then you're playing against Cooper Cup, and you're playing against um, uh, Nakua as well. So, And Matt Stafford as a quarterback when we've talked about the tight end position. But ultimately, that's the biggest thing. So I want to see what kind of blitzes Sean Desai is dialing up, and he has already proven he is not afraid to dial up blitzes, near, he, certainly more than you, we have seen from Jonathan Gannon in the past. So I think that's something that the Eagles are going to have to rely on. Now you're going to have to take another person out of coverage in order to do that, and that could end up being the downfall. But if you don't have Jordan Davis and you don't have Jalen Carter filling in that role of Fletcher Cox or maybe even taking it to the next level to make up for the fact that you still don't have him and you're shorter on the depth chart, then I think you're going to have to rely on that blitz more and more as the game goes on. But it's it's more to, it's more of those two guys in Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter filling in than anyone they're going to be bringing off the bench for more snaps. I will see how much you prepared, prepared for both this game this week and today's appearance on Birds 365. We know that the Rams wide receivers are Cooper, Puka, and Tutu, which, as I say, to now we're number one, seems more like a lineup at a gentleman's club than it does <laughs> a trio of wide receivers for a football team in the National Football League. But please spell... The first name of the starting running back for the Los Angeles. Rams. Not going to happen. Can't do it. Not not going to happen. <laughs> it's K-Y-R-E-N, which I believe is pronounced, you are a TV guy forever. I, yeah. I've heard Chiron. Um, uh, I didn't know who the hell Chiron was. I'd forgotten when I looked him up. I said, oh, that's right, the kid from Notre Dame. Last year, backup, never got on the field, never played for the Rams, very infrequently, I shouldn't say, shouldn't say never. Uh, but all of a sudden, he's had a bust-out season, ran for 100 yards and two touchdowns last week. Uh, we're all predicting this high-scoring Jalen Hurts against Matthew Stafford shootout game on Sunday. Is this game going to come back to come down to who's running back actually plays the best? Uh, yes, because the way I, I – that was – so on my show every – game day or the Friday football Friday, whatever I'll do five things I'm most looking at in this game. And one of the things I am absolutely looking at is Deandre Swift, which means on the other side of the football, the Rams could have a very similar strategy here. And we've seen it against the Eagles before. If the Eagles, I think the Eagles best pass defense is going to be their passing offense. The Rams passing offense, not being on the field. So how do we do that? How do you see that playing out? Well, that means Deandre Swift. That means Kenny Gainwell. That means Boston Scott. 
That means this offensive line is going to have to eat. We saw it against. Yeah, you you believe that? I have absolutely, Jody. Okay, so let's live it in your world, Roby. And you you might be right. Roby is not playing in this game. That means James Bradbury is playing on the inside. That means Josh Job again with a passer rating of a hundred. I'll stop. I'll stop you right there. Right back to let. All we got to do is go back six day, five days, not even yeah. six days. Right. High game can run the clock out. What the Philadelphia Eagles do? What Jalen Hurts check to? They Over throw. the top touchdown. Let yeah. Washington got to die it up. They don't run in fear of anybody. They're not going to go, oh, my God, we have to run the football because we're afraid of the Los Angeles Rams. No, 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 no. They weren't afraid of the commanders last week. We can get a touchdown. We're going to take a damn touchdown. Oh! I don't think that comes into their thought process one iota this weekend. Uh-oh. We better run the football because we're afraid of the Rams. Well, I, I, I put it this way: I don't think it's because you're afraid of the Rams. I mean, look, they could they could dominate a football wait, game by wait, running right the football. Right, just said with me. You just said to me not not two minutes ago. How do you defend their pass game? You yeah, them off the field by running the football. Yes, that's afraid of the Rams. Offense. That's respecting an obvious point of the game. Do you have confidence in Josh Jones, Jody McDonald? Do you got confidence? You got confidence in James Bradbury, the slot receiver. If I'm the Eagles coaching staff, I have confidence we're outscoring the Rams. I'm not running scared of them. Did Sam Howell just carved you up? What's Matt Stafford going to do? You know, Nikula is the second leading pass receiver in the entire NFL right now. Second only to Justin Jefferson. He's a fifth round pick. He's having an incredible day. And you might be adding a guy who's won a triple crown in the, 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 the Cooper Cup. I, I, yes, I don't. I'm not. I'm not afraid of it, but I respect the hell out of it. And I think the best thing you could possibly do is just, all right. You know what? What we do? You know what's our bread and butter? You know what we can always shift into to dominate a game? You can dominate the run game, and I think the Eagles can absolutely do that. So, to your point, I think I think when they went heavy run, and they did DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift 175 yards, that was because the other team's defense said, "Screw you, we're not going to let you pass the ball. We dare you to run the football." And he goes. Okay. Okay, yeah, we'll run right down your throat. And they did. Mm-hmm. That wasn't out of fear of the other team. You call it respect if you want. Respect of the other team prior to that they said, uh-oh, we better run the ball plenty because we don't want them to have it. I yeah. don't think the Eagles do that. I, and Jalen Hurts, let me, let's, Jalen Hurts it wasn't exactly looking pretty in the first couple of games of the season either. Uh, so to shift into the run game, I think it was a very wise thing. And I think they could do the same thing against this Rams team. Because I don't, Joe, it, the, the writing's on the wall right now. The, uh, Darius Slay, and you could always say that he doesn't play well against McLaurin, but allowing he was charged for 100 passing yards against the commanders. All right. I expect the Eagles to play better against Sam Howell than I do for the Eagles to play against Matthew Stafford, for instance. So if it's if they do start to struggle, if their pass rush isn't getting home, you have Matthew Stafford, who's the eighth most pressured quarterback in the league, going up against with Fletcher Cox, granted, one of the best pressuring uh, you know, pass rushes in the NFL. And the fifth most quarterback hits in the NFL, again, with Fletcher Cox, who you're not going to have in this game. Mm-hmm. If it comes down to it, you're damn right I'm running the football. I don't care if you call it respect here. I think it's the smartest play, especially if your pass defense is coming up small as hell in this particular game. You want to go up against – look, Higby is in no way a Hall of Fame tight end or whatever. And you asked me the question when we started about who is the better tight end, who has the edge, Goddard or Higby. Goddard by a mile, Absolutely. But the way the Eagles defend the tight end this year is non-existent. And that's been a problem for a long time in Philadelphia. But that's just another wrinkle to throw into the game here. So, yes, it could very much come down to Williams running the football, 
for the Rams and Swift running the football for the Eagles. This could be a ground game battle with each team respecting the other's passing attack enough to say, all right, the only way to defend this is to make sure Jalen Hurts isn't on the field or is to make sure that uh, uh, Matthew Stafford isn't on the field. That's the only way that they do it. I think that's the only way they do it, which is why, which is why I have the under. You're going under. Oof. Mistaken again, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll take our final time out of the game. They Farge is going to come back and try and explain how this game's an under game. I think it might be one of the best bets of the week. Ooh. Um, Ooh. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a score. We'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mark, you and young Bird Street 65 coming down the home stretch. Johnny Mack got to head into South Philly, get some info uh, on the upcoming game against the Rams on Sunday, and then he's flying out to LA uh, 
we'll get Johnny Mac back here with us on Tuesday, which means I may get Farzetta on Monday. I'd be excited about that because he'd have to explain how he thinks this is going to be an under game, which he really doesn't because he's already explained. He thinks the Eagles going to run scared of the Rams <laughs> offense and try and run the football uh, heavily down their throats. Um, I, if you're right, Mark, I give you a lot of credit for you if, with me, if you're with me here on Monday. I think it's just going to be an aerial attack. Jalen Hurts against Matthew Stafford. I think they're both going to throw the ball a ton on uh, Sunday. That should play to the Eagles' advantage. Again, because you're matching up these guys. I've been talking up Puka Nakua all week. Johnny Mack still says he'd take Keely Ringo over Puka Nakua, which I continue to not understand, but that's a whole nother story that you don't, you and I don't need to get into. We don't have enough time. I don't understand it. I don't Um, understand it. I know that he was a very good player at Georgia, but he's done nada except to run down and make a couple tackles on special teams. And Pukanuku is second in the National Football League in receiving. Not second on the Rams, second in the NFL in receiving yards. So I do respect the the, the Rams uh, with the re-edition of, of Cooper Cup this week, the amount of guys that they have that can make plays on the outside. I'm just going to take A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith over all of them. So I think the Eagles will have more passing yards and more points. How many more points? Mark Farzad, I need a prediction for you on the Eagles and Rams game. Mr. Jody Aloysius McDonald, my friend. The Eagles are going to win this football game. Based on, yes, some splash plays on the offense on the in the passing game with both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But they are going to hang their hat on what has been their bread and butter over the last year plus now with Jalen Hurts as your starting quarterback. They are going to hang their hats on DeAndre Swift. They're going to hang their hat on Kenny Gainwell. DeAndre Swift is going to have a ginormous, mega-huge Kajunga game of 140-plus BA yards on the ground alone. Not even just combined stats, but yards alone on the ground. He's going to have a couple. He's going to have two touchdowns in this game. Monster game for DeAndre Swift. The Eagles are going to win this football game. 24 to 20. 24 20. All right. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. I am sticking to it. I think I've sold it rather well. Yeah. Enough. Enough Swift from both you and Travis Kelsey. I don't need to hear anymore. I'm a Swift guy. But (laughs) oh, you're a Swifty? You're a Swifty, Swifty, are you? All right. Tay Tay. All right. Not to the extent of uh, (laughs) the numbers that you just threw out there for him. I think it's going to be a a major passing game. Uh, The under over is 49 and a half which means you need to get one team to 30 and the other one to 20. Is that how that works? I think you get both teams to 30. I think this game is going to be played in the 30s. Oof. Teams. Oof. Los Angeles Rams will score 30 points right on the nose. I'll give the Eagles 34. 34, 30. And I've done this a lot this year with the Eagles. It seems like a cop-out, but I'm I'm just giving you my honest opinion, guys, and I'm sorry. Vegas is pretty good at what they do. They set good lines. It's four and a half. I got 34, 30. It's a no play on the line for me, but on the total, oh, it's an absolute easy over. When you've got 64 total points being scored, and that's my score, and the over-under is 49 and a half, that's more than two touchdowns. You're on one side more so than the other. Oh, yeah. I, I will guarantee you in my six-pack of picks, which I'll put up on Twitter. And, oh, by the way, um, 16 games over 500 already for the season. Pretty damn good. Um, 
yeah, uh, Eagles over will be a play for me this week. 34-30, I've got the Eagles winning. Uh, Johnny McMullen had the Eagles winning. Mark Farzad has got the Eagles winning. 5-0. Oh. So we got another week of here's what the problem is. Here's where the issue is. Here's where you have to comma. But they're 5-0. and oh. But they're 5-0. Oh. We'll yeah. be doing the same exact thing this upcoming week. All right. One, one, one question. One question for you. One question. One quick question for you. Here we 49ers, Cowboys, who wins Sunday night prime time? Another six-pack of pick selection. I think the 49ers win by double digits. Oh, yeah. That's not, a spicy meatball, my not, friend. Not good for the Dallas Cowboy fans out there. We got a bunch of 49er fans on the trolls on the uh, the, the stream here. They're going to be happy as all get out. I, I'll just give you a quick aside. Um, before the season started, I made a couple of wagers, future wagers, not the individual wagers that I'll make this weekend on the individual games. Brock Purdy, um, MVP. What else? Brock Purdy, MVP <laughs> at 50 to 1. Oh, you were serious? 50 to 1. He is <laughs> 16 and 22. Most of your major websites, he's as low as 16 to 1. Before the season started, I got 50 to 1. All right. And Eagles versus the Jets in the Super Bowl. Eagles versus the Dolphins. I had to go there again because I did last year. And three weeks into the season, I was looking like the genius of all geniuses when they were both 3 and 0 and looking great. Yeah, the Dolphins came down with two and went uh, tits up with his concussions. Uh, so I had to go there back there again. And my only other play was Eagles Jags, kind of a Dougie P play. Mm -hmm. um, and they got Kansas City this week in the uh, across the pond game. If, if I'm going to have any faith in my Super Bowl pick, the Jags kind of need to beat Kansas City because they're only two and two after four. That whole division is tied. Everyone in that division is two and two. You're tied for first, you're tied for last. Jags could be in last place by the end of this week because they got the Chiefs going. If they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, they got to win. Wait, I think the Jags have Buffalo. Did I say Kansas City? I meant Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, okay, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one of the top teams in the AFC, but yeah. it's – it's a quasi home game for them over in London because they yeah. play more games over there than anybody else. They've actually built up a mini fan base. All right, Farzee, thank you very much. We got to get the hell out of here. Uh, turn it over to our guy, Bill Colarulo. He's got the next show cut up next. When are you on again? I will be on tomorrow night, Fighting's post game, right here on the Jacob Media uh, Sports Channel. And then because I love my Philadelphia Eagles as well, our Philadelphia Eagles, I'll be also hosting pregame at uh, Ocean Casino on Sunday. And then halftime and then. Uh, oh. Taylor Swift not coming in? I sure? told, I texted I'm Kim saying, K. Maybe Beyonce's got a show down I, I told, I told, I told Kimmy K, hit the bricks by a text message. Back That's in, what I told her. Back at Oceans on Sunday for Farzad on the pregame show. And maybe you're on Monday because McMullen's going to be flying. So I'll consider this, I'll consider this my official invite. All three of our guys, McMullen, Farzetta, yours truly picked the Eagles to win. I say high scoring. Farzetta says somewhat less high scoring. Uh, be tuned for it over the weekend, and then we'll be back here on Monday talking about it on Birds 365. Catch you Monday, buddy. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like 
comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.